Okay. We uh, thank you, Samson, for sharing that psalm. Um, there's <clears throat> a lot in there, and we uh, appreciate the thoughts that were shared as we think about <clears throat> our great God and uh, His uh, His way of relating <clears throat> to us. And this morning, as we think about the message, um, this morning is, uh, I guess you might say that the beginning, uh, I've been thinking a lot about this um, over the past few weeks, and I thought, I thought that maybe I would do a, a series of, of messages on this. It's a very well-known scripture in Ephesians chapter 6, um, where it talks about putting on the whole armor of God. And so <clears throat> I guess this morning would be the would be the beginning of a a series of messages on this uh, on these on these verses from uh, probably verse 10 to uh, 24 last part of this chapter <clears throat> and we know this morning that we are in warfare. We're in a spirit-filled warfare. Um, there's a spiritual battle going on. Always have to think of the verse in 1 Timothy uh, chapter 6 where he says, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. And so um, we know that the battle is real. We have an enemy that is out to destroy us. Um, he is out to deceive us. He is out to uh, take everything away from us um, that pertains, especially pertains to our spiritual life. And uh, so, verse 12 says there, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And I don't think I need to tell each one of you uh, about all that, but the battle is real. The battle is real. And so to withstand their, his attack, we must depend on God's strength and use every piece of his armor Paul is not only giving this counsel to the church or you know, the body of Christ, but to all individuals within the church. Um, and I like that. Paul, not, he didn't just give it to the church, but to each individual. You know, the whole body needs to be armed as you do battle against the rulers of, of the darkness of this world. And so... You know, that we can fight in the strength of the, of the church whose power comes from the Holy Spirit. It's through that. It's through the Holy Spirit, through the church, that we can be strengthened and, uh, and withstand this enemy that is uh, about us and around us. <clears throat> you know, in our modern, relatively uh, peaceful world, it is easy to forget that we are a people at war. It, it's easy to forget that. 
But we're reminded, as I shared in verse 12, Satan is doing everything in his power to defeat, to dismantle, and destroy the kingdom of God. And, and we see that more and more as time goes on. We're living, we're living in perilous times. The Bible talks about that. And so I trust this morning that, I mean, that I want this message to be, a, to be a, uh, an encouragement and a reminder and also maybe to, uh, to just strengthen us as we think about the battle that is going on. Um, <clears throat> you know, when, when we make it through the month with enough money, we count that a spiritual victory. When there is no conflict in our lives, we think that is a victory as well. While those things are important in our day-to-day -day lives, they're really victories without battles. That's, that's really what it is. There are conflicts without enemies. There are moments enjoyed by people who are really not fighting a war. People who think such moments in life represent spiritual victory are not interested in armor because they don't recognize this truth. There's far more to spiritual warfare than being able to pay your bills on time. Far more. The truth is, every child of God is at war. When you became a Christian, when you accepted the Lord Jesus Christ, you entered into the army of God fighting this battle. In God's army, there are no deferments. And no one exempted from service. The saints are at war with Satan and his army. And we will be until the, the Lord calls us home. You know, when Paul says here in Ephesians chapter 6, Take unto you the whole armor of God. It literally means to take up the whole armor of God. It is the image of a soldier being presented with everything he needs to wage the battle. The armor is arrayed with, about him. It's lying at his feet. All we need to do is pick it up and put it on. Everything he needs has been provided. God has provided it. But it must be appropriated if that soldier expects to fight well and if he expects to survive the conflict. Victory won't come from within, only from without. And so, if we expect to withstand the attacks of the enemy, the word speaks of resisting. Then we must tap into a reserve of power greater than ourselves. <clears throat> and so this morning, we want to begin this first part of this message here, um, or this series of messages concerning the spiritual warfare that we're in. I've entitled it The Belt of Truth. Spirit-filled warfare, the belt of truth. The verses before us, Ephesians 6, 13 through 18, speak about spiritual warfare. <clears throat> he wants to, you know, we're fighting against an enemy who hates our God. And who hates us too. When, when you're a, a child of God, the enemy doesn't like that. You know, when there's a baptism or when there's someone uh, accepting the Lord and, and when, 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 when uh, there's a spiritual activity that goes on, the enemy doesn't like that. He hates it. 
And so he wants to devour our families. He wants to destroy our families. He wants to destroy our testimonies. He wants to devastate our church and discredit our God. But this enemy of whom we speak is not all-powerful. Samson alluded to that this morning. The God we serve is. 1 John 4, verse 4 says, in that verse he says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so that's a comfort. That's, that's, a, that's a blessing to know that we can trust in that one. We can uh, attest to that. You know, I was reading through some of the accounts of the martyrs, uh, those that, that withstood the, the enemy. They put on the whole armor of God. There was nothing that could distract them from their focus and their attention on Jesus Christ. John the Baptist, he was beheaded for the sake of Christ. Stephen was stoned outside Jerusalem. You know, some of the horrible, well, when you read some of those accounts, is horrible, horrible things. But these men didn't detour from any of that. I'm thinking of the account of Bartholomew, the apostle Bartholomew. That poor man was, he was skinned alive, hanging upside down, and then he was beheaded. Never quenched, never flinched, never... He was focused on Jesus Christ. He stood for what was right. The belt of truth. <clears throat> the Lord has given us much and, and, and uh, much help for us to stand for Him and to enjoy victory in spiritual battles of life. The whole armor of God. Verse 13 tells us to take unto you the whole armor of God. This literally means to take up. It is the image of a soldier standing amid the pieces of the armor. This armor, if utilized properly, will enable us to do what verses 11, 13, and 14 say we are to do. And we'll just read them there where it says, put on the whole armor of God. Why? That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. If we don't put it on, we're not going to be able to stand. And this morning, we're going to be focusing on in this first message here, the belt of truth. And so, 13 says, Wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may withstand with, withstand in the evil day, and having done all, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Having your loins girt about with truth. The standard garment for the Roman soldier um, was a loose-fitting tunic. It was really nothing more than a large square piece of cloth with holes cut in for the arms and the head. It was usually worn loose, allowing it to just drape over the body. But when it came time for battle, that tunic would prove itself to be very dangerous for the soldier. And so since um, most combat was hand-to-hand -hand in those ancient days, giving the enemy an easy handhold would mean certain death. And so 
Not only that, but the tunic, if left loose, would hinder the soldier's freedom of movement. So before a battle began, the soldier would carefully gather this tunic around his body and hold it in place with a heavy leather belt. The phrase, gird about, literally means to fasten one's belt. This practice was common among ordinary citizens as well. And so when the Lord would bring the children of Israel out of Egypt, and he gave them his instructions concerning the Passover, he told them to eat it with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. In other words, they were to be ready to go. And that's what it refers to about this soldier with his tunic. He needed to have it prepared. He needed to have it tightened around him with his belt. And uh, that's kind of where this um, belt of truth kind of came, came from. Let your loins be girded about and your lights burning in Luke chapter 12. We don't wear robes today, but we're to be girded up as well, aren't we? Our girding is not physical. It is many, mental and it is spiritual. Here is how Peter said it. In chapter 1, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 13, he says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. Prepare your mind. You know, your mind is a muscle, basically. And the more you use it, the more you memorize, the more you think, think about this thing, the more that you read the Word of God, the more that you make it a part of your life, the stronger it gets. That's why we want to um, gird up this belt of truth. The belt we wear in our spiritual battles is not a belt of leather. It's the belt of truth. The Word refers to the content of that which is true. If we are to stand in the evil day, then we must stand in the truth. And if there was ever a time, you know, I think about the day that we're living in, there's so much deception. There's so much of man's ideas and philosophies and thinking that is not according to the Word of God. And the path that they're on and the things that they're doing, you know, I have to wonder when God looks down from His throne and looks at his people is like, why are you doing this? Why are you going this direction? Why do you say that, uh, you know, uh, this is what the word says when it doesn't really say that? Or pattern himself, you know, all kinds of things that are going on. There's a church, there's a church that is, is having a real battle right now. <clears throat> and, um, they're, they're fussing and, and, and quarreling and arguing about if it's, if it's not, if you can't read it in the, uh, a, a verse in the Bible, then it shouldn't be a part of our church. I mean, we, we should be able to do whatever we want to do. It's like, wow. How far off can you get? Well, first of all, there is the truth found in the Word of God. Jesus said, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. 
in John 17. Ephesians 4, previous to this, Paul has already told us that there's a great danger if we do not know the truth. He says that we henceforth, notice here, be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning crafts, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. And I had to think, you know, that's what's happening. That's what's happening. They're being carried about with every wind of doctrine. They're not grounded. They're not standing on truth. God wants us to, to stand. He wants us to know his truth so that we might stand in the evil day. I don't know about you, but I don't think that we've seen anything yet. I think the time is coming when we are going to see some horrible things yet. And we need to have the belt of truth. We need to have the truth, the, the word of God within us. And the only way to combat error is with the truth. It is the devil's desire to defeat us, to destroy us, and to distract us. As I said, the only way to combat error is with truth. The Bible is truth. The Bible is reliable. It is accurate. It is to be read. It is to be believed. Those who read it and believe it soon discover that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That's what the scriptures are given for. So that we might be strengthened. Those who don't soon find that there are casualties in the war between God and Satan. As 1 Timothy 4.1 says, Now that the Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Notice there what the Word of God says. It says that in the latter times some shall depart. It doesn't say some might depart or some maybe could, but it says some shall depart. So the Bible is truth. It teaches us, teaches all we need to know about life and death, heaven and hell. It reveals our condition before God. <clears throat> There's a scripture in Romans chapter 3. Um, we're not going to take time to, to for the sake of of time to, to turn to that. <clears throat> it reveals his solution to our problem. <clears throat> Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in John 3, 16, where he says that, for God so loved the world that he gave us his only begotten Son. It reveals the way of salvation. In Acts chapter 16, 31, after the, the account there of Paul and Silas and the, and the conversion of the jailer, what did he say? He said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. It reveals the final destiny of the saints of God. In John chapter 14, let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. That's, that, that's truth. That's real. That's absolute. It cannot be changed. That's what God has, has spoken. That's what he has, has penned in his word. We need to make that a real part of our life. And that should be our focus. As it was these great 
men of God. Mark the evangelist. He dies being dragged by the men to the site where he was to be burnt. <clears throat> Unreal. Second, not only does truth refer to the content of that which is true, it also refers to the very attitude of truthfulness. Far too many in our day allow the loose folds of their lives as the tunic of the soldier to blow around them, hindering their walk with the Lord. Like the ancient soldier whose loose tunic would allow the enemy to easily uh, catch them, pull them down to battle. Many believers allow the careless world to unfold in their lives, their habits, their cares, the interests that entangle them, prevent from, from faithfully serving the Lord as they should. That is not to be the way of believers and how they should live their lives. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 4 says, No man that warreth entangled himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. God has chosen you to be a, a soldier for Him. Those who are girt about with truth. Those who are true, committed believers. And that will stand for Him. <clears throat> when we are girded about with truth, it means that we are walking with the Lord in total commitment and discipline. The uh, committed Christian is prepared in the day of battle <clears throat> because he has set his heart on the Lord in total commitment. You know, athletes demonstrate this kind of commitment and discipline. In Paul's day, they would train their bodies and sacrifice everything to win a small laurel wreath that would wither away and perish in no time at all. You know, and I, I see that today in our world, in our time. Um, there's so much uh, focus on sports, uh, the athlete. You know, and those men, those women, they train and train. They give their all. Their commitment is to, is to be at the YMCA, at the gym, um, to run. It doesn't, whatever they're, there's nothing else gets in, in, in between them and their commitment to train for this sporting event. And so, um, so it should be for the Christians. You know, and we're fighting for something far greater than a perishable crown. We're fighting for the very <clears throat> glory of God. We are to stand for Him in the day of battle. Because it's His will for our lives. You know, if an, if an athlete can give everything just for the hope of possibly winning a perishable crown, how much more should we, the redeemed saints of God, sacrifice everything stand for Him? And so to be girded about with truth is to be renewed in the mind and is to be absolutely committed to God's will for our lives. To put all that focus, all that energy, all that fight into girding our mind, the loins of our mind with truth. 
you often have to think, if I was, if I was to be tried um, before a judge, would there be enough evidence? Would there be enough evidence? Would there be enough truth? You often have to think of that. <clears throat> it is to be the living sacrifice. Paul wrote about it in Romans chapter 12. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And so, to be girt about with truth means that we embrace the truth as it is revealed in the Word of God. Then it means that we live out the truth in our lives day by day. You know, the belt around a Roman soldier's midsection did more than just bind his clothes close to his body. The belt provided him with stability for his back, his abdomen. It helped him to stand in the day of battle. When we embrace the objective truth of God's Word, and when that truth becomes subjective by being lived out in our daily lives, we will be a hard target for the enemy to bring down. It'll be hard. Remember, the enemy, old devil himself, is powerful. But God is all powerful. The greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You know, if, the, if a soldier failed to protect his loins, he would not be able to produce offspring when he returned home from the battle. You know, and if the church does not stand on the truth, guard the truth, wear the truth, live the truth as a belt, we will not have a credible witness before those lost in sin. What church would, I mean, what good would it, would it be to have a church if you're not going to stand for truth? You just, it's, it's no more than just a, a gathering place. That would be an awful position to be in, wouldn't it? But I believe that there's, Many in our day that are in that position, they're not standing for truth. They have allowed all kinds of things to deceive them and to distract them to the point where they're not able to stand against the wiles of the enemy, the devil. Every little thing that comes along, they're washed to and fro, as the Bible says. And so in conclusion, when our loins are girt about with truth, we will have taken up the first essential piece of the whole armor of God. It means that we will be true in our <clears throat> profession of Jesus Christ as our Lord. We will be enabled to live for the Lord day by day. In other words, in some ways, living for the Lord is harder than dying for Him. Many millions have given everything for the Lord. As I've already shared, on just a, a few of you, they were burned alive, they were fed to wild beasts, they were trampled on, they were beaten, they were stoned, they were crucified, they were put into barrels of oil, hot oil. You know, the list goes on and on. They were brutally slain in the name of religion and entertainment. Thank God that they remain faithful unto death. Why? Because I believe they put on the whole armor of God. 
and where it says in verse 14, having your loins girt about with truth. The truth was so real and so vivid and so strong in their lives, nothing else mattered. That's my prayer for myself. That's where I want to be. And that's my prayer for all of us. Let's pray that we can be girt about, have our loins girt about with truth. <clears throat> However, if you live for him, the battle against sin, evil, Satan, and the struggle to walk in obedience and to render faithful service endure day after day. Living for the Lord can be painful in a world that hates him and his truth. Like I said, I'm not sure, but I don't think that we've seen anything yet. We haven't experienced anything. You know, we've, we've lived a very, very uh, sheltered life compared to many who have given their lives in many parts of our world where the churches have to gather in secret, in darkness, in hiding, and, you know, they're hungry for the Word of God. They want the truth to be a very vital part of their lives. That's why many God's precious saints, of God's precious saints, people who are, who, who are not known outside their church, local community will hear him say, well done, at the end of the day. Because they were faithful to live their lives for him. They walked in truth. Are your loins girt about the truth? That's a question for us this morning. And like I said, I trust that this is a, a uplifting, a challenging, um, encouraging message for us as God's children, God's people, that we band together and make truth a very vital part of our lives. Does your, my daily walk bring glory and honor to Him? <clears throat> if you've never embraced the truth of the gospel and you need to be saved, come to Him and He will implant truth in your soul and change your life. May God bless us this morning as we go from here and like I said, if the Lord tarries and I'm able to share from this portion of Scripture again, there's, there's, there's like a, a series of, of messages that I want to take from, from this portion. And uh, I trust that it, can, that it will encourage us and strengthen us in the day that we live in. Because I believe if there's ever a time, the time is now that we need to be strengthened. Then we need to put on the whole armor of God. So that we're not deceived and carried about with every wind of doctrine. Some of the things that you hear, some of the things that are going on, you wonder how and where does this come from? But we know where it comes from. It comes from the enemy to distract and to deceive and to destroy. So may God help us as we go from here May the Lord bless the rest of our day, and may he give us uh, 
the ability to stand for truth. Let's pray. Father, this morning we thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you for your love, for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for being even here this morning and for allowing us to, again, look into your word, small portion of your word, as we think about this of, of uh, having our lawns girded about with truth and to put on the whole armor of God. Father, this morning we, we thank you for this portion of scripture. We pray be with us through the remainder of the day. Guide us in all the days to come. And we'll be careful to give you the praise for you are worthy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat>